Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Rugby Union Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. Joined again by Liam O'Brien on this year-end special where we reflect on the year 2022 from a rugby perspective and also look ahead to Rugby World Cup 2023, looking at some appointments from the England and Welsh Rugby Unions in the process. Hope you enjoy. End of year reflections for you. What stood out for you in terms of the year that was in 2022 and maybe kind of look crystal ball for 2023 with your hopes and aspirations for the year ahead? Well, yeah, I, I suppose in terms of um, Munster rugby, what stood out, unfortunately, was probably there was a few collapses there at the at the end of last season, particularly the Ulster game away was was a, a bit of a low. I suppose there was also then the the the, the re, finally in the coffin was the the Leinster game where we played their second or third string and 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 got a bit of a hammering. So that kind of stood out for me. But you know, I, I I think this season it can be completely turned around. I'm thinking that we will actually be top seven, top eight in the URC, and we'll be semi finalists having come through our group the round of sixteen in the European Cup this year. No, I'd kind of agree with you there. I think uh, it's been a tough baptism of fire for Graham Rowntree and the management, but you can see the plan. You can see the vision. And I'm very excited to see the young players getting an opportunity here. You know, the likes of Ruan Quinn as well. He'll be coming more involved probably next year. Edwin Adogbo as well. We didn't mention he's off for a few weeks due to that ankle injury. But again, there's been guys here really stepping up to the plate. Alex Cadellan, I still think, will have a massive contribution to make here in the ball club, uh, particularly during the festive period and also in the new year. So I think overall, from a Muslim perspective, I think those kind of negatives were probably the ones for me but I suppose overall sense wise in terms of the URC I think it's been great that South African teams have got into this URC competition I think it was badly required and I think it's a new market base from a South African perspective I think the South African teams are now bought into the URC and I think they will buy into the European competitions here particularly Champions Cup and Challenge Cup the fact that we had the Stormers winning the URC is only going to elevate standards winning the URC so I think my hope for 2023 is that we see continued performances and improvements in the league. Because, I mean, it is a very attractive league to watch now, um, particularly with the inclusion of South African teams. And also the Welsh regions as well, continuing to progress nicely. And I, suppose yeah, I, I, I think, Mark, honestly, I really mean this when I say, I think that the URC is a superior product and superior competition the, the Premiership right now. Which like certainly has undoubtedly at the very top we'll say ha- has qu- has quality teams in the likes of your Saracens, Exeters, Leicesters. But beyond that, I I I would say pretty much all the URC teams are more competitive. Yeah, I think some negatives for me were the Gallagher Premiership and the governance. We lost Wasps and we lost Worcester Warriors very early on in the season. I also think back to Spain and their debacle in terms of their ineligible player. And the World Cup uh, debacle fiasco there, which then kind of opened the door for Portugal uh, to get in here. Uh, but again, there was some kind of governance issues that, that kind of grated a little bit uh, on that score. And I suppose kind of internationally wise, uh, Lean 2023, we're kind of getting into a World Cup year. Or what's your viewpoint in terms of that from an Ireland perspective, maybe from a World Rugby perspective? What should we ex- expect? Well, yeah, I mean, I look, I, we should be expecting a semi-final in the, in the Rugby World Cup. But um, the easier route is undoubtedly, uh, as crazy as it might seem, for us to play New Zealand in, in a quarter final. 
which almost certainly would mean that we have to uh, top our group, a group containing the likes of Scotland and South Africa. So that's that's certainly is doable. It's the one thing that's not kind of ticked off the, the list for Ireland now. They have the squad of players capable of doing it. I think that's the key. To, it's the squad. And I don't think they're going to go the, the down the route of the Joe Schmidt era, where basically they were kind of found out in that year before the World Cup. And um, this this group, I think, under the stewardship of Andy Farrell, I think they can actually play even better. I think there's still massive scope for improvement, particularly attacking side of the ball, and particularly our front five as well, Liam. Uh, I think we do need a bit of improvement in terms of front five. The physicality battle, particularly against South Africa, will be immense in that group game. And as you say, we probably need to be hitting New Zealand, um, particularly in that quarterfinal, give ourselves a realistic target. Because if we're facing France at home, in France, I think it's a pretty forlorn prospect. But I suppose my only concern going into that Rugby World Cup is we still don't have a, a successor lined up for Johnny Sexton. I think the Six Nations hopefully will be used to maybe make a decision on that. Is it a Joy Carberry? Is it a Ross Byrne? Is it a Jack Crowley? Is it, you know, Nathan Doak? Even playing Tetno for Ulster. I mean, Kieran Frawley probably a long-term absentee, but we still need that backup depth chart to really be shown here, particularly in that 10 jersey, because I just do have a fear here that we may need someone else in 10 to really kind of bring this home uh, for Ireland if they're looking for a semi-final in the World Cup. Yeah, but I, th- I think, Mark, actually, funnily enough, all the test sides are quite struggling beyond their first choice 10. I mean, if you look at England, if something was to ha- happen to Marcus Smith or Farrell, they're, they're bunched. South Africa already, they lost Andre Pollard, they lost Yankees, and they were, da- they were down uh, to their fourth choice, I would have. And then you look at New Zealand, realistically, they only have Bowden Barrett and they have Richie Mionga. So... Kind of every team only has about two guys there, and if one of them is injured, they're kind of down to threadbare. Just in terms of England, I know Steve Borwick got appointed New England head coach uh, for a five-year deal, which is pretty ambitious of the RFU, uh, given that they've just sacked their winningest coach under Eddie Jones. I suppose your reaction to that, and I suppose for me, Kevin Sinfield backroom appointment, I think, is pretty astute, but. What were your few points in terms of Steve Borwick uh, getting the job? Yeah, I, 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 the whole five-year thing stood out. I was like, wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> Does coaches still get five years? Look, he's a very capable coach, and what he's done with, with Leicester Tigers has been has been actually excellent. You know, he's also been a Lions coach, and the forward coach with the Lions. So he has pedigree. Don't think he's going to progress England in any major way. From from the kind of style they play at the moment, I think that you know the, the 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 players are there, but it's funny enough. I think the big problem was that Eddie Jones he ignored all the form young players in the Premiership, um, and he persisted with players. And at this stage now, going to the World Cup, I don't think the time is really there to to blood some of these guys. So I don't think even whatever change they have now as coach is going to really do well for them at the World Cup. I think it's more after the World Cup. I think he's just going to have to keep on going with what Eddie Jones and his backroom staff, the majority are still there, are going to continue. I mean, he can't really fundamentally change it up here, Liam, can he? In terms of a Six Nations tournament, they have to build momentum, they have to build form guide here. 
The only thing I would say is the Kevin Sinfield appointment, I think, is very astute. This is a guy that's come from rugby league, you know, an absolute massive guy in name in rugby league with Leeds Rhinos. You look at all his accolades and he has very much revolutionised Leicester Tigers, particularly from a defensive unit perspective. You imagine Leicester Tigers when they came to Tom Park there a few years ago and they were blanked. I mean, defensively, they were an absolute mess. So I think from that perspective, Sinfield will bring an awful lot to the defensive table, but he was a very creative player as rugby league, very much an Andy Farrell person, a, a, a brilliant, astute mind of the game. I think long-term this will be a good appointment, but I think the players' reaction and how they want Steve Borwick uh, is going to be the key. An awful lot of players have come up publicly now and said that they were very disappointed in terms of RFU sacking Eddie Jones. So it'll be very interesting to see whether the players row in behind Steve Borwick. Now, granted, Borwick has connections with Leicester, with Bath, with Saracens. So I think he has the access of players here that will definitely uh, go one side. But as you say, there's young players there really looking to get an opportunity. Will he give them the opportunity? So I think it's probably intriguingly said. But I still think England, for whatever reason, are going to get to a semi-final, potentially, in that Rugby World Cup. I mean, they certainly do have the talent if they can galvanise together into a bit of a game plan. I think they might be my dark horse for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. As you know, as outlandish as that might sound, I think they do have the pack. And if they could get that back three flowing, you know, with Manu Tuilangi at 13, I think, you know, they're they're not going to be far away. Whoever beats them, I think, will be the World Cup champions, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look, I, I still think they have an absolutely smashing potential um, centre pairing in Tuilagi if he if he can make it. And, and Henry Slade. I mean, look, that's that's it. I mean, the real nub of the problem for England is they're persisting with Farrell, who an excellent goal kicker, but his overall game is very, very down at this time. And they have to um, persist with, with, with someone else at 10. So, you know, they're, they're putting in Farrell at centre, where they should be probably putting in Slade. And then they're not giving the confidence or backing to, to Smith. And that's all leading on to to a kind of a, a confusion, I would say. Particularly the fact that Borwick and also Sinfield are coming into an existing background side. There's going to be a period of transition between those two parties, I would say. Martin Gleeson particularly will be under pressure to provide more of an attacking game plan, front football for the RFU, but also more significantly the England supporters. Particularly, they have been very, very vocal in Twickenham in terms of their reaction to recent England performances so I think that'll be a fascinating watch for 2023 I really do uh, lean on that I suppose Six Nations wise who would be your tip for the championship I would probably go again with, with France that they're kind of want to build even a more momentum before the World Cup they probably have you know at this stage that by far and away the strongest squad in the Six Nations it'll be interesting to see how Warren Gatland goes actually for me yeah. Um, with Wales, he can he can do something short term with that squad, and and there's still an, an awful lot of talent there. So that's to me is is the story of what I'd be looking at in the Six Nations. Yeah, do you see a Grand Slam at all this year? I don't actually. No, I don't see. I don't see. I, I see a, a championship win. So France and then Ireland and I would possibly say Wales battling it out for. The reserve spot because Wales as well for me are another team that bounce back ability I suppose after replacing a head coach 
Gatlin knows everything that needs to be known about Welsh rugby, so he'll hit the ground running. And I think Wales always, when we think their back's against the corner, they definitely come and deliver a Six Nations performance. And I think they they may even win a Triple Crown this year. Neil, I generally do think that. Um, I think from an Arab perspective, it'll be interesting just to see performance levels going into this uh, Six Nations. I think it's been a good November international series, but it may have masked a few issues in terms of not being dominant in terms of possession or territory count. So I think teams will be evolving into next year. So yeah, I'd, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with a three from five. Yeah, likewise. Six nations. I mean, like realistically, we'll, we'll beat the Scots and we'll beat the, the Italians, and then potentially, you know, uh, the way things are going, we could lose to Wales. I get. I just had this feeling. Lose maybe to one of England or France, and. Uh, I'd be happy with that if we, if we, as you said, if we have blooded players, if we found some sort of backup to Johnny Sexton. And again, we need to start guys at tight end prop. Yeah, I think so. If we kind of earmark a few fixtures when in the Six Nations and aim from them, yes. But then other games literally providing that depth chart question and answer. Who is the guy? Who is the guy to backfill on a few of these positions? I think the depth chart and front row definitely. Uh, probably one, I would say even second row as well, leading to a certain extent. You have the emergence of Joe McCarthy here now. Ty Byrne, second row right now. The versatility to go back row. So I think all options, Ian Henderson coming back into the frame. So it'll be interesting just to see Andy Farrell, hopefully by the end of this Six Nations tournament, has he's pretty much his squad pretty much nestled down. Maybe two or three tough picks to decide who's coming on a plane to France. But I would hope he has all these answers uh, heading into uh, summer camp in Carton House. Uh, but put your head in the block time here, Liam. Crystal ball out. 2023 World Cup champions. Who are they going to be? Well, I would have to say France. I've kind, of, I've kind of been with it, and um, I'm going to continue with France. Yeah, in terms of dark horses, no, I don't think so. New Zealand or I, I would say probably dark horse. Well, I, I, dark horses. Well, I would probably say South Africa. Would be would be the next team I'd be thinking about. I think that France New Zealand group game is going to be fascinating because that could determine an awful lot of chances within this tournament. Uh, Liam, I seriously do. You know, New Zealand could turn up and beat France in that opening game. You know, all hell could break loose there in terms of pools and uh, combinations in terms of particularly quarterfinals. I would still back France, but I think the more it's this unbeaten record for me. If they're still going into this World Cup with an unbeaten record to keep. That puts pressure on. So I think this is not a clear cut. I think for me, marginally, yeah, I'm probably going to go South Africa here, uh, Liam. I think South Africa learned a hell of a lot against France in Marseille. And I think they will pip uh, France. And if there's a dark horse here, it might be Australia uh, for me. I think that if they did literally pick their full squad capability, they shown against Ireland, particularly in November, that they should be winning games of that magnitude. And I think on their day, they showed against France and Paris that they might be the up-and-coming team here that might shock a few people. So Well, yeah, they, they have they have the route. Um, they have the, the group with, with, with Wales, and then they have potentially England in the quarterfinal. So if their scrum survives in any sort of parity, yeah, they have the capability, sure, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, all to look ahead anyway, Lane. But yeah, Liam, many thanks for that. Many thanks for the contributions throughout the year. And happy Christmas. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the festive period, Liam. 
yeah, and a happy Christmas to, uh, to you too, Mark, and a happy New Year, and we'll we'll talk again about the the upcoming fixtures and season. I think we'll be back first week of January anyway, just to run rule over Everton. But uh, until then, guys, have a great Christmas. Best wishes, health, prosperity for 2023. And we'll talk to you on the other side. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles, and reports.